It is Central Maryland Conference Championship Weekend. And at 1 p.m. Saturday, this Saturday at Hood College, in the Boys Soccer Championship game, uh, the Middletown Knights will take on the uh, Tuscarora Titans. Uh, Tuscarora making its very first appearance in the CMC Championship game. Uh, the Titans coach is uh, Todd Nepper, and uh, I am pleased to welcome into studio, into the studio this week. How are you, Coach Nepper? I'm doing just great. Thanks for having me. Well, what does it mean to you and your group to have finally broken through and gotten into this game? It's huge. I was just telling the boys today at training, it's it's the biggest game our program's played this decade. And um, it's ultimately our goal at the beginning of the season to 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 be here. So it's it's very great to finally be here and see the hard work pay off. Yeah, and you're the first Tuscarora soccer team uh, to get into this game. Uh, the girls for as good, the, the game's not that old, but the girls for as good as they've been, as they've been over the years, they haven't gotten into the game yet. So, so yeah, it's it's really you're really breaking new ground for Tuscarora soccer too. Yeah, it's the it's the fifth year of the uh, the CMC conference with this regrouping since the MVAL, and um, as good as the girls program has been historically, and certainly the boys side had. Uh, had a really good year in 2008 and some good years to follow. We've been kind of on and off throughout the last eight or nine since I've been around, and um, we feel like now we're, we're really hitting our stride. What do you like about this group? First and foremost, I just like spending time with them. Uh, it's a great group of kids. There's tons of quality character in the group. Um, they're not shy. They're not uh, timid. Yeah. Um, they work hard, and they take the role of being a student athlete very seriously. Right. What were your sort of expectations coming into the season? What sort of goals did you did you outline for this for this team? Um, we definitely wanted to be playing our best soccer earlier than later, and um, it didn't work out right away. We got off to a bit of a, a slow start, and it finally found our groove. And um, we've gone our last eight unbeaten with one tie in there, seven wins. And um, so we wanted to be playing well um, before it was win or go home season, which is fast approaching with playoffs around the corner. Um, obviously, the CMC title is a game we wanted to be in, and it's it's tough the way it works with the smaller schools being on one side of the conference and the larger schools being on the other side because you have to be nearly flawless against the Fredericks and the TJs and the Urbanas of the world, which we haven't been in the past. Um, those have always and probably always will be tight games. So to edge those out and uh, be able to play against the best of the smaller schools, which this year and quite often is Middletown, um, we like where we're at. In a game like soccer, you need some bounces to go your way. And you mentioned mm-hmm. your slow start, and, and the bounces weren't going your way at the start of the season. I think, yeah, yeah, I think was it your season opener against uh, Middletown where, where, where you went uh, to, you lost in like the final 30 seconds of the game? Our first game of the year was a heartbreaker. Yeah. And it was ultimately, I think, as, uh, as depressing as it was for us in the moment, it was very uplifting for Middletown because their, uh, their program has a culture of hard work. And that's, that's where we want to be uh, on the the good side of of misfortune sometimes, and uh, it couldn't work out better that we get to see them again. We are very hopeful that we would get a chance to redeem ourselves potentially against Middletown, and it all worked out that way. 
And you had another loss too, where you where you had the run of play, but just you, know, you just couldn't break through, and and and, and then they got you. Was, was it South Carol? I want to say. Yeah, the the very next home game we dropped to South Carol in somewhat similar fashion, um, and they're a very talented team who's doing quite well now too, um, in Carroll County, uh, on the uh, on that side of things, and potentially they're you know they usually make a pretty good playoff run in two A, but yeah we. Um, we had some unfortunate bounces and received two PKs that game, made one, missed one. It could have been right there uh, on the other side of things. But I was proud to see how the boys bounced back, and, and we went into the Golden Mile game at two wins, three losses, and potentially things could have unraveled and fall, fallen apart. But we came out and probably had our best half of the year first half in that game yeah i, w- I wanted to ask you about that because slow starts are sort of like quicksand right when when you're owing two you, you you start maybe overreacting and maybe panicking a little bit why, why did this group keep its composure and get back to two and three as you as, as you said well i think the boys recognize the quality in our in our program talent wise and they know that when the character comes together and we start working for each other and uh encouraging each other and lifting each other up and put our our own personal needs aside, um, the soccer speaks for itself. And that's kind of where we've been recently is just really allowing our our quality abilities on the field, both with technique and communication and trusting in our system to work and trusting in our coaches to make decisions. When, when we're doing that, we're generally the better team against who we're going to play. You had you had a do or die game against TJ last week. Uh, you needed a tie or a win to get in, but if you lost, uh, then then TJ was going to win the Spires and go to this championship game. What was the team's mindset going into that sort of not quite a do or die situation, mm-hmm. but but almost? Well, our mindset in that game is very similar to uh, what we've been kind of approaching each game like, and that is that we need to score goals. All right, soccer is. It's hard to get shutouts. I think we've got five or six on the year, but it's it's not something that we can plan for. It's always a goal of ours, and we're always optimistic, but we know that we've got to be better than bad bounces and poor conditions and uh, human judgment from referees and things like that. And um, we went out, we, we played them nil-nil in the first half and then came right out of halftime, I think three or four minutes in, and scored it looked like we could have opened the game up a little bit. And um, with about 10 minutes to go, they started throwing some numbers forward. So we played a little more conservative and they pulled a goal back with three minutes and completely took the momentum. And they were kind of all over us for a little bit. Luckily, we had uh, a break going into overtime and then a two minute break in between overtimes. And not that we parked the bus or packed it in, but we really just took a ton of pride in our group defending and, and saw out a tie knowing that ties usually leave a bitter taste in your mouth but um i mean you were there you saw we we celebrated that like a win yeah exactly and to show you how close you were to not being in the cmc championship game at all your your uh, goalkeeper uh, your senior goalkeeper uh, guillermo uh, romero got a hand on a i think it was a header by tj right 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 in the box and yeah. and if he doesn't make a remarkable save there uh we're having a different conversation right now. Yeah, I, I would have plans for tomorrow to uh, to probably be doing something away from soccer. But, yeah, I'm glad he made it, and, and the boys really um, really are too. Gooey uh, is a senior goalkeeper. Um, we've got quite the competition between him and Miguel Jacome, the other senior goalkeeper. And um, Gooey's been the man 
since that night, and he's he had a shutout um, last night as well. And, and people might, like you mentioned, they might look at you with a suspicious eye and say, "You guys were just playing for the tie, just just pat pack it in in the mm-hmm. back and just play for the tie." But you say you you weren't doing that. No, we we want to go out and and uh, push down the gas right away. You know, we want to go and score and open up the game and and play from. Uh, ahead instead of behind because when you're playing from ahead you can you can just do so much more and there's a little more freedom for our more technical and our more creative players to open up their game and and uh, kind of find their rhythm and do the things that make them unique um, without us having to worry about chasing a goal and getting one back and and watching the clock tick down right yeah you have two keepers uh, that you've used this year the the other young man is miguel jacome do mm-hmm. i do i have his uh, name right correct uh, good uh he's, he's he's been playing for you too i, I think he has uh, a handful of starts uh, for you just uh, how how do you determine who's going to start and just how is that two keeper rotation work for you this season yeah well one of uh as many strong points as they both have one of the things that um, we're constantly searching for is uh, a standard of communication out of the back. And um, what we look for is who's providing that a little bit more at the moment. And that, that also provides a comfort level for uh, our back line. And we've been starting almost all season a freshman as a center back in, in Tony Lombardi. And, and um, you know, we constantly are, are moving parts around to, to scheme against other teams. So it's it's good to have uh, and almost a necessity to have that that voice and that sense of calmness uh, in the back. And it all starts with back to front communication because those guys are really the the eyes. You know, we've got eyes from the sideline as coaches, but those guys have the best view of the game. And, you know, a majority of the game, they're not really involved with anything other than their mouth. Right. Are you worried about the lack of continuity back there? Like, is it's a different voice sometimes for different games? Um, not necessarily because the commands uh, are the same. Uh, they've been trained by our goalkeeper coach over the, the last three or four years, and um, they also bring a, a similar style of play and um, a similar skill set. So um, I don't think there's a whole lot of... Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of an issue with being. Uh, it, it's the same, pretty much. Yeah, you, know, you get what, what you want to see from from both kids. And when when you start one, do they get the whole game? Does it depend on circumstances? Um, do, 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 you, do you flip them at halves at, t- at times? Uh, we generally let them let them ride it out. Sometimes okay. we we split it at halves. We had senior night the other night. They both played right, yeah. but both two seniors, um, mm-hmm. obviously. And when do you decide like who's going to start? Uh, a lot of times, truthfully, it's it's a conversation uh, r- right before the game uh, in warm-ups with the other coaching staff, with the goalkeepers themselves, with the back line. Um, we often um, tap into uh, Jack Lillis, our senior captain, as a resource, see what he's thinking. But right now, uh, Gooey's been playing well, and, and it's about that time where we, we like to try to nail down our rotation with not only goalkeepers but also field players and right. and we go to a, a bit of a shorter bench um our guys fitness levels should be at at the peak right now so we kind of ride out what's working right two goalkeeper rotations are not always easy on the on the kids just talk about the relationship between uh, miguel and uh, guillermo and just sort of how they've handled that this season yeah, they bring out the best in each other, and um, they are probably the two most unselfish guys on the team. You, ha- you have to have that, right? You yeah. have to have it. And, um, 
you know, it's it is one of those those things where it's it's usually one guy that plays and um, they deal with it. You know, there's absolutely no negativity or or any sort of criticism amongst themselves or bickering. And um, usually because we do have that standard of communication, usually the one that isn't in the net is providing some sense of communication or focus from from the side. It's like a quarter. It's like a quarterback situation, Correct. right? Like the, the the guy who's not in has to be ready to go in at a moment's notice, right? Absolutely, and uh, it's it's one of the uh, more likely positions, from my experience, for a guy to get injured. And you know, if the trainer comes out, you've got to come off. So it's not like that guy's sitting over there with his shoes off and his warm ups on. You know? Talking to uh, Tuscarora boys soccer coach uh, Todd Nepper, his Titans will play their first uh, Central Maryland Conference championship game at 1 p.m. Saturday against Middletown High School, a, a team they, they battled early in the season but, but fell just short, so uh, looking to redeem themselves uh, tomorrow at Hood. Uh, your, your leading scorer uh, this year, Todd, is uh, Jack Lillis. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jack. Jack's got a ton of experience in the program, and uh, he's a direct extension of the coaching staff. He and I chat regularly um we have daily check-ins i see him every day um in between second and third block and we are constantly talking about where the program's headed and what we can do to continue to get better uh jack is a guy that has been a varsity starter for two years now well i'm sorry uh sophomore junior and now this year three years yeah. he's logged a ton of games he leads the program in man of the match awards and he's our leading scorer we've unfortunately until this year not been able to play him higher up the field where he can get involved as much offensively yeah he's listed, he's listed on your roster as a defender yeah so. he, he could play on the back line he's played on the back line he plays on the back line for his club team but he's very consistent and very opportunistic going forward when uh when he gets in around goal uh he's got killer instincts i think of his nine goals seven or eight have been off first touch shots so he knows when the opportunity is there for the taking and uh he's really good about making runs from deeper positions where he's not going to be picked up um coming through the middle of the field and, and jack i presume will have a chance to play college soccer somewhere yeah jack's uh jack's undecided at this point i think he's in communications with some some local schools uh d3 i think dickinson has come up a few times um yeah, it's it's yet to be decided, but he'll he'll be an absolute uh, star wherever he goes. It's a coach's dream to have a kid like that, and uh, he hits the books really well, is uh, really hard as well. Another player that's given you some offense uh, this season is is one of your sophomores, a sophomore midi, uh, David uh, Diaz. Uh, tell us about him. Yeah, so um, I'll backtrack a little bit. We've we've been following this group of younger players that are currently uh, freshmen and sophomores for quite some time. Uh, we have a really tight-knit community where if there's any younger players that can play, uh, a lot of times they're younger brothers or somebody that somebody knows from the neighborhood, they kind of get brought to my attention, and I'm constantly digging back through trying to locate these guys and track them so that they know about us and we know about them and, and start to build some camaraderie, uh, camaraderie amongst the group and a relationship with the staff and the current players. So... Uh, our current freshman and sophomore class and our JV team is really strong. Our JV team's 10-0 and at this point and, and really dominated a majority of the games they've played in. So um, seeing this class come in, we knew that we were going to have some sophomores on varsity, obviously, and we knew that a couple of the, the freshmen had a chance to play in Tony Lombardi and Eric Rodriguez, who are uh, 
freshman standouts at this point contributing on varsity. And then uh, I started hearing some rumblings in the spring uh, during the school day that this kid, David, that a lot of the boys know through club might be transferring to Tuscarora. And we've never quite had a transfer uh, come in that was capable of making an immediate difference. Um, unfortunately, a lot of other schools in the area get those types of players, yeah. and uh, we always have to figure out a way to deal with them. So David really fell in our lap, um, and he is just as good as he was hyped up to be. Um, extremely technical, very fast. He's extremely unselfish and has great vision. And, um, yeah, when he gets on the ball, he's he's a nightmare for defenders. And he's he's only going to get better with, with this group of players he's surrounded with now and, and down the road for the next two years. It seems like your roster is a really nice mix of – experience and in and, and youth you have you have some young guys that contribute like mm-hmm. like davi and yet mm-hmm. you have some good strong senior leadership too it's just enough to keep everybody humble and and hard working yeah. um, there's a daily competition in fact today you know we played last night tomorrow is what it is i you know a lot of teams would kind of take today off just to preserve players but um we went pretty hard at it today and it was competitive and we were keeping score and we were uh you know, keeping our demand high. And that's that's also a benefit of having uh, a large roster. You know, this is the biggest group we've kept since I've been there as head coach, and um, for good reason. You wanted an intense practice um, before the game, or, or it sort of just evolved into that? Uh, it was the plan. You know, obviously we want to tell the boys that we're going low contact today, but high intensity. Uh, we're at our best on turf, so we trained on the Ballinger Creek Park turf today. Yeah which we're able to afford from our, our fundraising endeavors. And um, we're going to be on turf tomorrow. So when we're moving the ball quick, two, three touches, and, and finding the, the dangerous areas to get in and letting our playmakers make plays, moving guys forward up the field and, and trying to play on the on the opponent's half, uh, we're at our best. Right, and endurance, you, you weren't worried about not having enough tank in the gas for tomorrow or – um, no, we, uh, last night was, uh, a bit of a physical game and it was kind of choppy and a lot of guys played a lot of minutes, but our guys are year round soccer players for the most part and they know their bodies better than anyone. So, um, our players know that, that they can communicate with the coaching staff and especially me throughout the school day and, and over text to just kind of help manage their minutes and, um, not overdo it. So we had one or two guys, um, kind of take a, a little bit of time off today once we yeah. once we got up to speed but um now we've got guys that are constantly trying to prove themselves right. and um you know if we if we go a stretch of games or even a game where a couple guys don't get in then uh you know the next day maybe some guys need the day off because they're banged up from playing 100 minutes or 80 minutes and some guys didn't play at all so you know they're playing full side games against uh jv you know just making sure that everybody's constantly working hard and being evaluated right i think i said tank in the gas it's kind of hard to have tank in the gas you (laughs) kind of want to have gas in the tank i was thinking about that yeah um you came to Tuscarora. what was it oh nine oh eight my first year was oh eight uh under coach marty steitler who i was playing men's league with and uh you know come to find out now that i'm in his position i'm the age now that that he was when i first came about and uh i'm doing the same thing which is constantly putting feelers out for good young soccer minds right. um which i guess at that point maybe he thought i was um so i was really blessed to come in at a good time yeah that was your state 
title yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. And so and you you were the key, right, Todd? Yeah. <laughs> you, you 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 put the t- program over the top, right? Uh, you might. Yeah, you might have an argument there. <laughs> but uh, what I learned about Steitler is just what a coach can do to get his boys motivated. That wasn't the most talented group we've ever had by any means. Right. That group was five, five, and two in the regular season. And um, getting hot at the right time, got right? hot yeah. at the right time, beat uh, beat a team that that, um, you know, there's no chance if we play them 10 times, we win another game. You know, it was one of those games. And and after that, that was in the region final. After that, it was just kind of uh, no turning back. Right. Here you are on beating in your last eight matches. Do you sort of see similarities with this group this season and that 08 group? Or I see potential. And, you know, we're taking it one game at a time and one one day at a time. But um you know, when playoffs start, we got to win five games to win a state championship. We've got a first round bye. We secured the one seed the other night, so we can control home field advantage, which uh, we're going to defer to try to play on turf somewhere, even if that means playing a Linganore at Linganore or a Frederick at Frederick. Not interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. You're, you're that much better on turf. We really are. Yeah. yeah. Our, just our your quality spe- shines. Y- y- your speed or? Um, I, I think it's our quickness, our ability to move the ball. Our guys are very, very technically sound. Uh, they're hard to get the ball off of once once we get into our rhythm and can space out a little bit, spread out a little bit. Right. Because you guys play on a grass field and if you get some rain, that, that could really slow things down, right? Yeah. Um, the uncertainty of how the ball is going to bounce. Um, our guys like to play with their head up and when you're trying to track the ball all the way into your feet, uh, it's it's yeah. hard to see passes ahead of time. That's interesting though. You're, you're, gonna, you're more willing to play on the road than, than, than home teams. You don't often see that in sports. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the NFL. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Uh, we don't have thirty thousand fans at our back. Um, True. Yeah, we're just we're looking for the best surface at, yeah. at this point. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so- soccer was your first sport you played growing up, or uh, myself personally? Yeah, I um I took to it pretty quick. I had a, a brother that was four years older than me that was playing, so uh, my parents kind of let me roam the sidelines and and find other people's soccer balls and kick them around until somebody would play with me. Did you ever play other sports or was, did you always stick with soccer? Uh, I played baseball through uh, Little League. My dad was uh, an ex-professional baseball player, so he was kind of my coach, and obviously he wanted to to have me play that. But uh, I also played basketball. And, and for me, I, I enjoyed the competition, but um, because I was so confident in my soccer abilities, the others kind of took a back seat. Yeah. Well, you have to tell us who your dad is now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad is is Rick Nepper. He had a very short career, but was a, a, a extremely highly rated prospect. He was. Did, did he make the majors? Yeah, he was drafted by the Phillies in '73, uh, first overall field player to go in the draft. He was. Okay. He was well, what, was it, what was his position? Uh, he played uh, second and short. Okay. Yeah. And, and he he cracked the majors. He did. He uh, he left Hagerstown to go on a full ride to Murray State down in Kentucky and. Uh, entered the draft after his freshman year there. Right. So, so what was it like for you as a young kid growing up, the son of a professional baseball player? Well, what I what I learned was that uh, that time outdoors was time well spent. He was also yeah, yeah. into hunting and fishing, which is actually part of the reason uh, he kind of gave it up, uh, gave up the baseball side of things. But it was all about uh, repetition and time time on the ball. My thing became. Uh, became soccer so I spent a ton of time outside he built me every single thing I could ever ask for to uh to help uh get better at soccer like a big 
uh, a big kickback wall in my front yard that was the size of a, a regulation soccer goal that I could go every day until dinner time when I got home from school and bang the ball against it and work on my touch and work on my accuracy. So I became really confident at a young age with my soccer abilities. And I guess now that I'm thinking of it, I, I was able to kind of become a bit of a coach on the field as a player a lot younger than maybe most because I was seeing the game while I was playing the game. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what uh, what I hope for our players is that they can manage things and have conversation and see more than just what's right in front of them while they're playing. Right, and your dad didn't push baseball on you at all? Uh, well, I guess fortunate for me, I, I had a career-ending shoulder dislocation ah. when I was 11. And to appease him, I uh, we spent about three months in the front yard trying to learn how to throw left-handed okay uh he as well as me it it didn't go well better than i expected but he uh i think he finally saw the writing on the wall were were you a pitcher or um uh no i was i was uh a a interior infielder just like he was okay yeah turning barehanded double plays at a young age never really liked being in the batter's box too much um but had a ton of confidence in the field how do you look at that injury and sort of the way it changed the altered the course of your life Uh, I think ultimately I would have uh, settled in, settled into to just strictly soccer anyhow. But it um, just expedited the process a little bit. Or? Yeah, it, it really did. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Tuscarora Boys soccer coach uh, Todd Nepper. Where where did you PA? Is that, is that where you grew up? Or? Uh, no, I grew up in um, Washington County. Okay, Washington. I lived in so, the Boonesboro so, so, area, but attended Williamsport High School. So played soccer. You're, so there. you're a Maryland guy. Yeah. So, right. So, yeah. so your dad came back to the, the family came back to this area after your dad stopped playing, or yeah, his uh, he was born and raised in Funkstown, played Funkstown Legion, and uh, yeah. his, uh, ended up buying property that his parents lived on and, right. and built their house there where I was raised. Out of curiosity, there's all sorts of adult baseball leagues uh, uh, around in the in the Maryland and Southern PA area, mm-hmm. and in very good baseball players uh play in some of those leagues did you did your dad ever play uh in, in any of like the south penn league or anything like that no he ended up uh working a lot of camps baseball camps as a as a mature adult and yeah. then as a as a younger adult he he was that ringer that got picked up for a lot of softball tournaments right yeah where did you go to college I uh, went to mcdaniel college um i i guess technically applied to go to western maryland college and then my freshman year the name change officially kicked in so i um i went there to study art and uh and play soccer yeah what 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 did you want to be when you were when you were a kid and pro athlete or um yeah i think i think i had lofty ambitions just like a lot of kids um, before you really realize what the percentages shake out to be with with you know that transition to a pro athlete but um you know i think the area that I lived in maybe stifled my ability to to achieve top competition and top coaching right you had, you had uh, to which, travel a long way for that right yeah. so I I stuck in uh in the immediate area until I was old enough to drive and then I came down and started playing for the the Frederick teams right what was your what was your position growing up um I was a central midfielder okay um and then I I leaned a little more towards the attacking side as I moved on through high school and college right when did you know you wanted to be a coach uh, that's really interesting. I've always had coaches that were uh, very forward thinking. And this is, I guess, part of my philosophy with the way we do things at Tuscarora. Uh, my club coach growing up 
also uh, coached an older boys team. So when I was U12, I used to stay after my practices to practice with the U16s. And then when I became a U16, um, I would do the same, but I would I would shadow the U12 practices with that same coach. So um, as soon as I could start driving, I was helping out with the U12s and um, doing camps every chance I could throughout college in the summers and tracking down every soccer connection that I could. And then I, I finally got a break my senior year at McDaniel in the spring semester. Um, a very unforeseen uh, opening uh, came about with FC Frederick with the U17 uh, top boys team, yeah. which at the time was really heavily uh, um, made up of TJ boys who ended up winning the 4A state title that year under uh, Mitch Rubin. Right. And uh, so I got my feet wet. I think I was only 21 at the time, and I was driving all over the DMV on Saturdays and Sundays um, coaching those boys and really just getting my feet wet learning what it was like to do all the secretarial stuff and manage games and have those individual conversations with the different types of players and personalities. But I I took a fondness to it, and I think coaching is what ultimately got me into uh, education. Yeah. I mean, here here you are. I mean, you saw the game at a very early age. You played central midfielder, and that's kind of a sort of a coach on the field, that position. So it seemed like a real natural progression and transition for you to, to get into that line of work. Yeah, it did, and I've slowly found my voice um, through that. You know, I um, coaching has, has really ultimately changed my life and the way I see things and the way I see relationships with people and uh, – you know, the power of teamwork and, and, and so on. So I, I strongly encourage our boys to get into it and, um, we connect them with the younger players in our community. So one of the goals of Tuscarora is to identify talent, as I mentioned, at a young age. So the last couple of years, we've been putting, uh, a sixth grade team and an eighth grade team of kids that will eventually come to Tuscarora in, um, an indoor league over at Frederick Indoor, uh, Fisk. Right. And I sort of oversee it, but I allow our assistant coaches, um, one of which is a Tuscarora alumni who played for us, Edwin Kinsey, and uh, our current players, I allow them to coach coach that. And I just kind of sit back and, and uh, facilitate. So that's a really cool thing to see. Um, I also uh, really take pride in the fact that our JV program and our varsity program are so interconnected. A lot of um, programs aren't that way where they don't train at the same time. The coaches don't have dual responsibilities with each team. The boys don't really know, you know, the freshmen don't know the seniors that well. The seniors definitely don't know the freshmen. Um, and our guys, uh, in our program have, have great role models that they know personally. How did you wind up at Tuscarora? How did that opportunity come about? Um, so I, I started my teaching career at, at Hillcrest, um, which, that's sort of the pathway into the uh, art teacher role is generally elementary Te- schools. Teaching art, yeah. Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to end up at the high school because that's who I feel most comfortable with, um, that age group. Your art, do you draw, paint, you, but both? Um, or, uh, I teach drawing and painting. Uh, yeah, drawing drawing and painting are sort of my go-tos. But You, I, you did that growing up a, a yeah, lot? Or, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was the other thing about my father. My mom was uh, uh, always in education. Uh, librarian, school support, secretary, that kind of stuff. And my father, 
uh, worked with his hands all his life, was a, a really talented artist and a carpenter, and like I mentioned, could make anything a boy could ever dream up. So, um, so that, that's where you got it from. Yeah, I was supported there from a young age, and um, I took to it and went to study it at McDaniel, but never, never really thought to pick up an education minor. Like my mom had encouraged me, so I did. Um, five or six years with uh, the mental health field with Waystation here in Frederick and yeah. decided that education would be a better way to make a daily impact in the lives of younger kids. Right. Um, so I knew that Tuscarora would kind of be my end game. It was just a matter of when the job opened up. I was actually fortunate enough to do my student teaching over there in the first year that I took over for Steitler as the head coach. Right. So I always wanted to get back, and this is my fourth school year there. It's just made uh, such a difference. I can't, I can't do, really. Do you live in it. the area, or do you have to drive a bit to work? Uh, no, my commute is is pretty sweet. I uh, I live downtown, so oh, I'm so putting five or six miles a day on my car. Uh, perfect. Yeah. So, and the 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 soccer piece of it. Did you know you would have a chance to work with the soccer team right away at Tuscarora, or sort of the, how did that come about? Um. Well, I so I had been coaching there since '08, and um, and I knew that Marty was kind of and, and you got in '08. You got there because you knew Marty. Yeah, or, I knew yeah. Marty through yeah. uh, you know soccer the just men, makes the, the world league, right. so much yeah. smaller. Yeah, right. so um, so I was there and uh, sort of growing in that program and making connections, and it didn't take long to realize that it's a great community with really strong uh, family systems and a, a really strong structure in place um, to be successful did you know in 08 that you were on the fast track to be the head coach there we had talked we had talked about it and you know I was itching to do it but I didn't want to be too green and and uh, you know he started the program in 03 and didn't want to completely get rid of it too soon so it was it was an ideal transition and the timing was right and um, you know I stay in touch with with him and he's still coaching elsewhere um, where, where is he where's he living now uh, area or? I'm not sure exactly where he's residing, but he's working uh, at Glen Elk Day School. Okay, got, got yeah. it. So, but he's still in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I see him uh, every once so. in a while. Uh, Marty Marty had a policy uh, that, that after the game, when we when we showed up at games and covered games, that only the seniors uh, spoke to the media. Mm-hmm. I, I think you've carried carried on with it with that policy. Just, just what's, what's your thinking behind that? Yeah, I um I wasn't bought into it at first, but I I think it's. It's an extremely simple policy, and I think that, you know, the seniors deserve the most recognition because most of them have been doing what we've asked left and right for three or four years. You know, we don't get a lot of first-year guys that that make an immediate impact in our program as seniors. They've been through the process. A lot of them uh, maybe got left off the roster as a freshman or as a junior trying out for varsity. So, They've come a long way, and I always and and he was the same way. But I think they're just a great representation of our program, and and even if they're not the one that you know you guys had might want to talk to, yeah, they can certainly speak on um, the the players in the program um, on the coach's behalf so and the, on the so players' the be- behalf. Your thinking is that's the best representation of the program. Yeah, they're the culture keepers. They're the ones that um, that we encourage the younger players to to play for. And and this time of year, it, it really gets uh, pretty dramatic. And and uh, the 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 younger guys really don't want to let down those older players. Right. Re- refresh my memory. Was Marty's last season 08? Uh, the, uh, no, no. Um, 08 was obviously my first year. I think 
2011 was okay. was his okay. last. I was thinking, like, did he go out on top? I I, I, I couldn't quite. No, remember. we had a it, chance to. It uh, wasn't like a walk off state championship there. No, so. we actually uh, we were real close to winning back to back. In 09, we lost two one in the region finals to Clarksburg, who went on I think three zero four one the yeah. next two games. Right. Yeah. The imbalance of the regions they they cruised once they got to yeah. the once they got to the state level. So. Uh, so you've been doing this for uh, this is se- year, se- se- seven? year twelve. Year, year twelve. Year twelve. Has it been tougher or easier than you thought? Uh, every year presents new challenges. Like, uh, you know, it's it's no secret what we've got in the program right now with the depth and the talent and the character that we have, um, especially with the young kids. Uh, I think our JV team is definitely on everybody's radar, and you know, a lot of the comments I get from other coaches is like, "Man, you guys just." It's going to be sweet. You're going to be licking your chops, just sitting back and, and watching these kids play. And, and um, you know, I see it as the exact opposite. It's a whole new can of worms to, to balance that much talent and that much ability to make sure that everybody's seeing the ball and seeing it go in the net and feeling valued. Um, you know, in the past, we could just knock it to one or two of our best players and, and everyone sort of understood their role. But we got guys now that would be – uh, you know, starting for other high school teams that aren't seeing the time that they probably deserve. So we um, we really have taught them to value the role of uh, themselves in the team and their ability to make each other better by constant effort and communication. And um, really the value of training as a chance to be observed and, and evaluated on a daily basis. I always ask you, coaches, when you come in here, like who are some of the unsung guys on your team, the guys that do a lot for you but don't maybe get the recognition uh, all the time. Yeah, so soccer and, and, you know, back to the field situation, there's either the ideal situation for us, which is being on turf, or uh, the opposite of that, which is being on a tight, narrow grass field. So um, we consider those games to be what I call effort fests, where it's just it's you're going to slug it out and you hope that things go your way, but you've really got to be disciplined and you've got to do the hard work. And uh, we've got a couple guys that um, – that's their game. You know, it's not that they lack technical ability, but they don't have as much as the other players, whereas they've got athleticism and courage, um, and they're able to grind out some results for us. So um, I got to mention Nico Martins, who unfortunately uh, got hurt last night at Walkersville. We're hoping to get him back soon, but um, he was man of the match a couple nights ago and uh, is just a monster in the air. He gets his body in front of everything. He's really eats up the space and uh, can kill a game off for us when we've got the lead. Vincent Lombardi does the same exact thing. Uh, he and Jack have been playing together for for years in club, and they make a great uh, great pairing there. And uh, Andrew Delauder up top has scored some really crucial goals for us this year, including uh, um, a last minute goal against Urbana at home that kind of helped. Uh, put us in the driver's seat for the cmcs right have you started a fundraiser yet for that tur- for that turf field over at uh, tuscarora or you know i don't uh i don't want to sell let some candy bars <laughs> or something or? <laughs> i think we'd have to sell a couple truckloads um it's yeah it doesn't look like it's happening <laughs> to be honest we're um we're actually um could you petition to have your home games at ballinger creek park that's that's being discussed right now uh, with our athletic director it, it would cost a pretty penny and we probably wouldn't want to do it for every game but there's certainly teams that we're going to play quote unquote at home that we would have a much better chance against right. you, you would have to rent the field right? yeah. yeah so okay. we're renting it right now off of our fundraisers um we've really uh done well with fundraisers the last two or three years and right. 
um, we've got it so that we can rent uh, once a week to train over there on on the turf. So we're looking at the potential of of playing three or four games there next season. Right. Talking to uh, Tuscarora boys soccer coach uh, Todd Nepper this week on the Final Score podcast. Uh, you, met, you mentioned your work with FC Frederick, uh, and in I think the last five years also, FC Frederick has started a semi-pro men's team that plays in the MPSL. Uh, FC Frederick, just how great has that been for for county soccer? Oh, it's yeah, it's fantastic to to have uh, you know an evolution of of what happens when I stop playing college. It's also a great call up for some of the younger players that. Right that are in college or not even to be able to go get a game under their belt or train with those guys. And, and the team is like a high school all-star team from, from Frederick it, County. Yeah. It's, it, it really is a collection of, uh, those, those guys that, you know, you've been watching grow up and play. I was fortunate enough the, the first year it came about to be, uh, asked to, to help coach. And, um, I spent two, two summers working with those guys and yeah, it's, it's really nice to see, uh, that process of guys going, uh, growing up in the area, playing, uh, then coming back, you know, to, to continue to kind of represent Frederick. It, you don't have any current high school players playing. You have to be like graduated from high school, right? Correct. A lot of, yeah. a lot of the current, uh, high school players will get called in for training. Right. Um, just to kind of see what that's like. Right. Um, the other thing that's really cool about it is the, uh, the local kids, that that the Frederick kids that make up the roster they do a really good job at recruiting other college players of where they attend to come back like I think the first year I was there our entire back line uh was kids that play at American University um and it was all because we had one tie-in with one player who played there and he said to the others hey what are you doing come live in Frederick this summer and and I think you know FC Frederick maybe hooked him up with some jobs or some internships or something to keep him Right, uh, fed and it and keeps these guys playing too. Yeah, it yeah. keeps them playing, and um, and you know it's a it's a great thing for the community to to be able to go out there and uh, and support these guys that that they have been watching for years in yeah, a different it, environment. It, it's kind of cool to see William and Jackson SK mm-hmm. Urbana play with uh, Drew Demich of, of mm-hmm. Brunswick and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's it's guys that have sort of played together enough in club to have a chemistry, but it's also guys that have had enough other coaches throughout their careers to uh to kind of change change the dynamic enough and, right. and bring different elements to the game all right so cmc title game against middletown tomorrow what are we expecting what what, what are the keys uh, for you guys well i'm uh, i'm most excited and i think our boys are as well to a have the surface b have a chance at redemption against a team that's going to push you and make you work hard and make you focus for a full 80 and um and to be playing in a more club-like environment you know on a saturday afternoon with a sort of like a a laid-back crowd where there's be some people in the stands but there'll be some people standing around and sitting in chairs and uh we won't be under the lights so it'll really feel a little less uh frantic or emotional than maybe a, a saturday night game would um for instance the golden mile game um but I'm looking for, uh, I, I keep telling the boys that this is a showcase to the community of what our program's all about. And that's, uh, number one, first and foremost, uh, behaving responsibly and, and um, setting a good example for um, the community and, and for each other. And, and two, you know, putting our ability out there and seeing what it can do. Nothing really on the line substantially other than pride and bragging rights, but it is a good tune-up uh, as you go into the playoffs uh, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is one of those games where everyone's going to be watching and waiting to see the result. And um, 
you know, both teams are going to get to keep playing after this, but um, it would certainly, uh, I think, help us um, mentally uh, and psychologically to to get a hold of this game. As we mentioned, it is a CMC Championship weekend. Uh, the Tuscarora boys will play Middletown at 1 o'clock at Hood in the boys' soccer championship game. Uh, that will be followed by the girls' soccer uh, championship game at 3 o'clock at Hood between Urbana and Middletown. Uh, Ur- Urbana uh, uh, beat uh, Middletown during the season. Uh, the field hockey game is a little earlier than that at Hood. It's at 11 a.m., and that will pit Oakdale against Urbana. And then at Thomas Johnson High School at noon, you, you have um, the volleyball championship game, which will pit Oakdale against Urbana. So so big weekend uh, for CMC Sports coming up. Todd, uh, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, I look forward to watching your team play. Absolutely. Thank you, Greg. And thank you for all uh, tuning into the Final Score Podcast. And I'm Greg Slotek of the Frederick News for the Sports Department. My thanks also to uh, producer Graham Cohen. And uh, we will see you back here next week. We'll be right back.